Hello, everybody, and welcome back for a very special episode of the Gentlemen's Bureau. We're joined today by Dr. Pamela Popper, uh, president of the Wellness Forum Health. She is also the co-author of the new explosive book, COVID Operation, What Happened, Why It Happened, What's Next? Um, and I'm just really excited to hear what she has to say about this um, plague that's kind of gripped the world for the last two years <clears throat> and, uh, and what's all you know, underneath the surface that a lot of people maybe not don't know. Uh, so Pam, where would you like to start? Well, um, a lot of people saw my video last March, which was, I think it was March 10th when I posted a video saying that what was gonna happen happened, right? Chinese were behind it, that um, uh, they had reasons to want to um, uh, do something like this, that this was not the first fake pandemic. The government and the World Health Organization, the US government, World Health Organization have done this before. Um, so I think that they were practicing. Uh, they did several dress rehearsals for this debacle. And uh, when I put that video up, I mean, some people have said, are you psychic? I, I'm really not psychic. I've spent a lot of time. I've been in business for 27 years and I've been researching medicine and its excesses and the terrible things that happen in medicine for all that time. And you get to the place where you just kind of see this kind of stuff coming, right? And everything I said turned out to be true. I wish it hadn't been. But um, so here we are. We, we have a global fake pandemic. We have um, a group of criminals who have taken over world governments like the United States. They do whatever they want. We live in a lawless society here right now. Um, you know, people, and people say sometimes, you know, well, they can't do this. It's against the law. I tell them, well, of course it's against the law, but they're criminals. I mean, you think about this. If you were living in China right now, you know, how much good would it do for you to scream and holler about what the Chinese government does being against the law? They do whatever they want. It's a communist regime, right? So, so that doesn't mean we can't solve this problem, but to a certain extent, we have to really understand the depth of the problem. And, um, and we have to start looking at how we're going to do this with a group of people who've taken over our government in a lawless kind of way. It's a, it's a very <clears throat> difficult, tricky thing that we're going to have to deal with, that we are dealing with right now. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, it certainly doesn't help that the mainstream media is just helping them out because, I mean, they're the ones getting not, I mean, sure, a huge amount of revenue out of just keeping what they're doing under wraps and, and showing the, uh, the propaganda that the government wants them to push to keep the people scared and in line. This doesn't work unless you have a corrupt media. In other words, if you look at every time in history that something like this happened, like during right before leading up to World War II, propaganda and control of the media were essential for this. And so um, th this has been going on for a long time too. I mean, if you take the five major broadcast networks in the United States, I think it was in 2019, the drug companies advertised, gave them $51 billion would be to advertise their products. So whatever the drug companies want these newscasters to say, they'll say. And, um, and so we have this very unholy alliance between drug companies and government and, um, uh, and medical professionals. I mean, it's just a, it's just a, a collusion that um, it's a criminal collusion. It's going to be real hard to stop. We are we are slowing it down, and we're making some progress, and we will come out of this okay. But it's going to get far worse. I've been saying this for a long time. People say, "How much worse can it get?" Oh, it's going to get a lot worse. Okay, so buckle up. And the only thing I can say about this is, the worse it gets, 
the more people get motivated to help do something about it. You know, I think that there was this mm-hmm. feeling last year at this time, well, maybe last summer, oh, sooner or later, this will go away. I don't think anybody who's thinking thinks that this is just going to go away right now. So we're going to have to make it go away. And that means that we need a lot of people to get engaged in helping us make it go away. So the crazier they get, the easier it is for us to recruit to a certain extent. Yeah. Eventually, the mountain of evidence pushes the people that are too stubborn to realize that the propaganda they're being fed is is truth. And eventually, the mountain of evidence pushes them over and they join the our side, I suppose. Well, the 40% in the middle do. So when, when this, this is called a mass formation. It's what Hitler did. And what happens, it's very, um, when a society has a lot of unhappy people who are dissatisfied with their lives, socially isolated, anxious about not being unhappy for no real reason, um, and, and a lot of anxiety that isn't, like if there's a bear outside, that's anxiety that, you, you know, reason to be anxious, right? Um, but when you're just anxious all the time and you can't even put your finger on why, just generalized anxiety. So what happens is the criminals, in this case, first it was Hitler and the Nazis, and now we have a different set of criminals. They come along and they go, you know what? You have a reason to be anxious. We have a virus and it's dangerous, but don't worry because we have a solution and you can be part of the solution. And so what happens about 30% of people buy into this. And what it really comes down to is they go from being socially isolated and unhappy and anxious about nothing to a form of mentally intoxicating connectedness. I'm part of the solution to the problem. I wear my mask. I turn people in. I virtue signal. You know, I'm I'm, um, I'm militant about this. That's about 30% of the population. Then you have 30% of the population who are people like us. And then you've got 40% who we call bystanders. And these are people who know what's going on, but they're not necessarily ready to do something about it. But the more that this happens, the more that this progresses, you start picking up people from that 40%. In other words, the the sheep do not pick up more passengers. We pick up more passengers, right? So, um, and that's what's starting to happen right now. And I'm getting a lot of people who said, you know, I voted for this clown and, and now look at where we are. Well, bad choice, but let's just fix it and get on with our lives, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I, what, okay, so I, I didn't really introduce myself too much, but I, I'm in Japan right now, Mm -hmm. and the amount of what you say, the 40% of people that are not really informed, but like, I I mean, I would say they're not very informed, and they're, um, kind of in the middle, and they're not doing anything, right? Um, that's much higher here. I wouldn't even say 40. I'd say like in the 60% range. Mm-hmm. Well, that's actually <laughs> okay. good. That's yeah. good. Um, they just don't do anything. And I think it's a society thing. Um, whenever they came out and said that, you know, there's this pandemic, there's this, there's that, everybody kind of, you know, bowed down. They were like, okay, well, uh, if you're not, you know, going to close your business at eight o'clock like you you might get a fine even though nothing came of it but uh well then the government's going to give you some money so then maybe you will and then all these things like that but the more and more that they pushed all this yeah we were getting some people that were fighting back against the Mm -hmm. system and i don't think it'll ever 
be enough to do anything because there's it's just not in Japanese society to do that. Well, what happens here influences the rest of the world. Yeah, that's the good thing about. So the, about eventually things will get better in other places because if we prove the fraud here, everybody will know the fraud. If we get Mr. Fauci arrested, everybody will know what happened, you know? So, um, so I think this will all turn out okay in the end. The thing that people have to realize, however, is um, you have this thing, it's uh, this COVID thing, right? It's like a dinosaur. And if you've ever watched a dinosaur die, they don't just like stay put and sink into the ground. They thrash about and knock down people and buildings. And, you know, that's what you're going to see a lot of. And you see this right now. You know, Biden is just, you know, he, he's not even trying to act like an elected official. Ignore the court. Do what I say. Well, he just decided to appoint himself the emperor of the United States, you know, and um, people don't like that, you know. Um, and, and the other thing, too, is that the whole thing's failing. I mean, you know, some states have passed laws. Then we've got that uh, Fifth Circuit court decision is devastating. And if I were them, I'd be very concerned because it basically says, um, I don't have the thing in front of me right now, but it basically says, even if it would withstand constitutional muster, which is almost impossible, you know, it's overreaching and all that, I mean, they're, they're just uh, they're, they're just losing this. And, um, and, the, and, and have you noticed, they started out, part of their problem is that they represented that more people were getting the vaccine than were. Oh, everybody's lining up. We've got 70% of all adults in the United States have gotten the vaccine. Well, if they did, I don't understand why we had to have a lottery. Why do we have to give donuts and pizza and gift cards and um, all that kind of stuff? And then we had to have a mandate and, you know, uh, my my estimation, I did this last summer, it's been a while since I did these numbers, but when they were boasting that like 70% of people had at least one dose, it's less than 50%. They just can't get people to get this vaccine no matter what. And the problem is that you've got a big control group of people aren't going to be dropping dead. And uh, this is going to be hard to explain. Mm. Yeah, what yeah your, what's your take on um, Bill Gates' predictions and then... Um, like his influence on the media, you know, he donates so much to the media to kind of chalk up his name. And yeah, before we get into that, can I can I just add on the uh, vaccine uh, mm -hmm. part over here? Is that um, I think we're having the same the same situation. I feel like a lot of people are reporting higher numbers with people getting vaccines, but we've only started getting the vaccines starting kind of like midsummer over mm -hmm. here. And they're all um, Pfizer vaccines that we've gotten from the U.S. And yeah, we're, we're not talking about boosters over here at all. Um, yeah. There's, there's no yeah. forcing. Yeah, that's true. There's there is no like um, there's not even really a societal um, kind of stigma about getting the vaccine. If you're not getting it, people are just like, oh, no big deal, I guess. It's, oh, they're not making you get it to keep your job? They are not. Uh, I thought that was oh. a concern uh, of mine because I do uh, like work a lot of different areas that I figured would be kind of important. Um, but yeah, I mean, even there's there's nurses that aren't getting the vaccine over here that will not get the vaccine. And, you know, they're they're fine. Like they're not at risk of being fired. I. 
I think it's crazy how we talk about like, uh, like a lot of these Asian countries are more society driven, like greater good driven, but yet in America, like we're having way more problems with all these like social constructs of attacking people for not wearing a mask, attacking people for not getting a vaccine, you know, harassing people and all that. And that's, I mean, I, I don't deal with any of those things over here, which is kind of surprising. It's really tough because the Japanese government has handled vaccines differently than other governments. They were the first one that ended that HPV vaccine. And they set up uh, 30-some centers to help women who'd been injured. And, of course, the World Health Organization and the drug companies, people have just eviscerated them for doing it. Ridiculous. Women are going to die. Actually, women were dying. That's why they stopped doing it. You know, So um, Japan has always marched to the beat of its own drummer. And um, uh, and they're they're very um, uh, they're not so geeked up about shooting everybody up as often as possible in in that country. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and like you were saying earlier, with uh, such a large control group that aren't going to be experiencing the the most severe symptoms of this virus, uh, like I think it was, I think the survivability right now is like ninety seven percent. And that's after they take out all the changed codes that made gunshot victims a COVID death because they had COVID when they got shot. Um, and so with 97% survivability, I mean, they're looking at 3% and that's going to be just the very young, the very old, the very sick. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm sure that 97% of the people in the United States can live with that. Yeah, well, the, the bottom line is that this, this whole vaccine thing it has been ill-conceived from the get-go. We, and, and if you've noticed, medicine is very good at using mantras. You repeat something again and again and again and again, like they're doing here, but they've been doing it for years. Vaccines are safe and effective. They ended childhood diseases. Vaccines are safe and effective. They ended childhood diseases. You just keep repeating it. Repeat. It's not true, but you keep repeating it until everybody believes it. Certainly the courts believe it, which is why people end up in court, parents who are divorced end up with a difference of opinion about vaccines. The court always sides with the vaccination parent and this sort of thing. So it's programming. It's, it's very extensive programming. Well, Lane, you're our resident expert on programming. Uh, mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I think, uh, well, like the way they're doing it, it seems like they're using us to fight each other you know it's basically a divide and conquer situation so they don't have to do much they just have to put you know their little soldiers in place to uh you know check on each other and enforce like uh the mask mandates and all that stuff it it all starts with that and then they just trickles down and uh it's just funny these people that they thought you know they what do you say vaxxed or masked isn't that what biden said or something and uh we we'll go into a place and it's like, you got to wear your mask. And they'll be like, well, I'm vaccinated. It's like, oh, you still have to wear your mask. It's like, yeah. So they just, and that's one of the things I tell people when you're trying to decide what you're going to do about this is that you got to decide where you're going to draw the line because there's always going to be something else. It's two two weeks to flatten the curve and then we're going to wear masks and then you got to get vaccinated and you got to get vaccinated and then wear a mask and then you got to get boosters and more boosters and more boosters. So, you know, you got to decide how many boosters are you going to have before you say enough already? Is it nine? 
Well, if it's zero, then don't get the first shot because it's going to buy you maybe six months of social capital. And then you're going to have to get a booster, right? So, you know, you might want to think about, do you want to go down that path or do you want to, you know, what we've done at Make Americans Free, again, we developed a, we really have a parallel society um, that exists under the radar screen where we go to doctors who don't report to anybody, any databases and pay cash. And we go to dentists who don't ask for um, masks and temperature taking. And, you know, we, we have a whole parallel society that we live in that escapes all of this crap, you know, and then you can live indefinitely until it's over and at least have a decent life. Yeah. I think that's what's getting a lot of people is that, you know, it's just going from, you know, I mean, America's got one of the highest standard of livings of any other country in the world. I mean, we, it's because we're a consumeristic society. So everybody's got, you know, three or four flat screens in their TV. Everybody can go to the games they want to go to. They can do all this and do all that. So as soon as, you know, the government started coming in and saying, hey, you can't. Uh, a lot of people, they just as soon as they had that opportunity to get that little golden chip to get them back out into the world that they missed so much, they just jumped at it and they didn't really contemplate the consequences because, I mean, it's um, it's an old idiom that's cropped up a lot recently with this whole virus thing is it's like if you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. And anytime you want to train a dog, you got to keep shortening the leash. So, yeah, like just like you said, it's going to be one thing after the next. It's going to keep going on like, oh, we need this. Oh, now you need this. Now you need this and this. Now you need this, this, and that, and it's going to go on until somebody, enough people say, not not anymore, we're done. That's happening. Here in, in Franklin County, where I live, it's middle of, Ohio, middle of Ohio. There's 2 million people in our county. And I'll tell you something kind of funny. So the uh, criminal mayor of Columbus, Ohio, said, we're going to have a mask mandate because the cases are rising. And then he asked all the suburbs, like I live in a suburb called Worthington, oh, we share a community, so everybody better have a mask mandate. So all the suburbs went along with it. But there's just no enforcement. I mean, there are a handful of businesses that are militant. I mean, you can count them on one hand. If you walk into Lowe's or Home Depot or certain restaurants or whatever, there's nobody wearing masks. And then the funny thing I was going to tell you is that um, about a month after this started, and every time you go out, you see more people without a mask, just to show you the propaganda, headline in the Columbus newspaper, mask compliance in central Ohio is almost 100%. Where? I mean, it, you know, it, it's laughable. I mean, they don't even try to act like they're printing news, you know. Um, so anyway, they're, they're having trouble with this right now. And, and uh, you know, the 10th Amendment's alive and well. That gives states a lot of power. We have, uh, this hasn't gone entirely well for them, believe me. I mean, we're in deep trouble. There's no question. But, you know, they didn't count on, um, the powers behind this didn't count on, not all countries would shut down equally. Nobody counted on the fact that Florida and uh, Christy Nome in South Dakota were going to do something different. And, yeah, so this has turned into a cluster mess of trying to control things, and they're not doing a very good job of it right now. And uh, so you're going to see this thrashing about for a while until we finally get to the place where they wear themselves out, and then this will start to go away. And um, and there's some court. We've been winning in court, by the way. We beat the crap out of it in court to a certain extent. So uh, we're going to keep doing that, too. That's, That's great. And uh right here kind of like to draw parallels and i know that every like you know they say if you have a conversation for long enough hitler's gonna get brought up but it like it, he has to be brought up here i mean like 
because what I see, which I think is hopeful, is back then the um, what they had was just like newsletters and 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 the papers to get their word out and you know like speeches, but we have the internet, so that's on our side. Now we do have to deal with censorship, but I mean you can still you can still find your way around it, and I think that that's had we not <laughs> had the internet, we we may right now have been in uh, camps or something of that nature. Maybe, I mean, like Australia. We may still end up there, some of us. And one of the things I tell people is stay the heck away from people who are not only drinking the Kool-Aid, but making it at home. Be very careful because back during the war, um, there were people turned in their own family members, okay? And, and so you, if you have people who are drinking the Kool-Aid and making the Kool-Aid, you want to divorce yourself from being anywhere around them until this is over. I mean, people would literally call the Nazis and say, hey, when you cleaned out our apartment building last week, you left the people in apartment 4G, okay? There's some vermin in there. You need to come and get them. Well, last year, the people in apartment 4G were celebrating their birthdays together with the people, right? So, um, so I think it's really important that we stay away from these dangerous, stupid, brainwashed, programmed people because they're going to be very harmful to us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we still have those those same practices that are practiced in communist China. You know, mm -hmm. that's it's ridiculous. They were welding people in their houses, and I think it's they've built and they've built. Oh my God! Maybe I'll learn English again. They have built new camps. Uh, this is besides the Uyghur thing. They're building. They are building, or they have built new camps just for uh, people that are infected with COVID at different military installations, and that's been going around for a couple months now. And this will be to house and isolate, basically just what Australia is doing, right? Uh, people that are infected with COVID or high risk individuals or um, they used another word about uh, but in a roundabout way just talking about people that are kind of stubborn to being locked in their houses it, it's uh, I, I don't know how we allow the CCP to be a country if we were going to take down Nazi Germany I don't know how we allow them to exist honestly it's ridiculous. Money. You're right. You're exactly right. And uh, I mean, I gotta say, uh, Taiwan, they're they're like our neighbor, Okinawa, and they they handled the virus very well at the beginning. But I think now it's a little ridiculous because of their constant mask. Uh, mandates and their constant vaccine vaccine like requirements. Mm -hmm. um, but whenever they decided to lock down, they said we're not going to allow anybody in from China. They were really ahead of the curve. They, you know, they were very strict on everything. And I think that was amazing. They did really good in that aspect. Nobody came out and criticized them for that, well, except the CCP. But they criticize anybody for sneezing the wrong direction. So, you know, I think I think we, we had a point in this whole pandemic, uh, pandemic, whatever you want to call it, uh, where 
we we could make very good, very strong decisions, but we have went overboard like crazy. And it's because of these, like you said before, these criminals in power seizing every opportunity to seize even more power, I think. Yeah. Well, people letting them do it. Mm-hmm. I've never worn a mask. Not once. I, I've worn a mask only because I, I think I've only done it as a society thing. And maybe, maybe I should look at myself and see what I'm doing wrong or what, what I've decided to compromise in my own, I don't know, life to cow down to everybody else. It seems, <laughs> that seems worse than just wearing a mask whenever I think about it. Well, like, people think the government really cares about them, but, like, here's how you know they don't. I mean, if when this first kicked off, they look at the way they treated Walmart, Target, Amazon, all them, compared to mom and pops. Mm-hmm. It made no sense. If you wanted to have everyone spread out so you're not spreading the virus, you would allow them to disperse in all these locations. But, no, you're centralizing them to the main box stores, so I think there's something else deeper at play um, on the corporate level, you know. Well, it was, but this is all ridiculous. It's the flu. I mean, it has a 99.9% survival rate for most people. Go get the flu. Get exposed. Get it over with. <laughs> most people are asymptomatic. I mean, this whole, this whole thing is insane. I mean, I, I was just working, teaching a class this afternoon. I said, you know, if... In 2019, if somebody had said, what am I going to do if I get the flu? Oh, my God. You would have said, come on over here and sit down. Do you need me to call somebody? Or you, you, know, you seem like you're a little unhinged now. All right. So maybe I should just, like, drive you home, call your husband or whatever, because this hysteria over the flu is nuts. All right. I mean, this is it's the flu. So it, it, just the whole thing was fake to get control of people, to um, uh, and to promote vaccines. I said that last March. That's what was going to happen, mandatory vaccines. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I find it so strange that they're going for this whole mandatory mask, mandatory vaccines, mandatory, like, curfews and stuff, and, you know, reduced hours. This used to be the land of the free. People just walked out the door and stopped doing it. That's that's one of the scenarios we put in our books. One one day people just get up and say, I'm done with this. Some people said they weren't doing it from the get-go. The civil disobedience is what will end this the fastest. Mm -hmm. And and, and we just, we have to encourage people to gather and gather groups of people to engage in peaceful civil disobedience. They don't have any capability of dealing with 80 million people who just won't do what they're told. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, that's one big uh, big problem that I don't think they're ready to solve. No. Exactly. Well, we can we can prove that it works. It it works because the Amish do not sign up for the draft. Right. They all said, "No, we're not going to do war. We're not going to war. It's against you know, what who we are and what we believe in." And it works. Civil disobedience works. Mhm what we need to stand together uh and you know i guess that's what we promote here on our channel and uh you know i promote in my life i try to i guess 
guess I'm not doing too good of a job if I'm wearing a mask every once in a while. <laughs> well, like, uh, I'll go into places and if they say, like, oh, put your mask on or um, do you have your vaccine or whatever, I make it known to make a scene. I'm usually not an asshole, but I, I will go out of my way to make it known, like, hey, uh, is this not America? You know, and then like you're not getting my business. I'll walk out, and they'll they'll be like, "Oh, okay, one guy." But I think if enough people did that, you know, we wouldn't be in the situation we're in, or maybe less severe. But I mean, I yeah. I was just watching the the news. Uh, I watched. I, it's it's a little biased because it's Japanese news, but uh, they were interviewing uh, restaurant owners in New York, and I think that's already kind of making a presence because all the restaurant owners that are asking for vaccine cards and they're asking for like masks and all those, they're getting way less business. They're losing money uh, in this, in the city of New York we rather than the, the people that too. we sued on the Vax passport. Hmm. And we're going to, we're going to win that because the idiot de Blasio exempted athletes and performers. If you have an exemption for anybody, you have to have an exemption for religious and it has to be very broad. So we're going to win that case. We have a hearing on December 8th. But, um, you know, pe people are just the massive disobedience is what's going on. If you go to certain areas of Brooklyn, it's like this never happened. Nobody wears a mask. Nobody social distances. There's no plexiglass. There's none of this stuff. And, the New, and New York knows it. The government knows it, but they don't know what to do. And a Russian enclave that that um, um, in which a quarter of a million people are there. What are they going to do with a quarter of a million people? Round them up and put them where? You know, so they leave them alone. Exactly. There you go. And that's what we just needed the entire country to do. And I mean, we I see I'm in the middle of Illinois. You know, really rural area. And I mean, I see quite a few people that do it in the bigger cities. You know, just wear masks when they go into Walmart and stuff. And I think a lot of it is just, I don't want to deal with it. You know, I don't want to have somebody be like, hey, man, you got to put your mask on. But I go in there without a mask every time and they never say anything to me. Yeah. Well, I love the people who don't want to deal with it. Well, maybe you'd like to deal with getting locked up for not getting a vaccine. Maybe that would be what you'd like to deal with. I'm tired of yeah. that. I am absolutely sick of that. I get 3,000 emails a day, a lot of them from people asking if we've solved their problem yet. Really? What are you doing to solve this problem, right? Right. You know, so we, to a certain extent, this is an exercise in people deciding that they're going to get active and, and help solve this problem. You can't, I don't have any magic dust, you know? So exactly. anyway, well, what else do you want to know from me? What else can I tell you that would be helpful? Um, I haven't looked at, uh, too much into uh, their influence on this, um, but have you, do you notice anything from, like Citizens United aspect with the uh, with like Pfizer and all them. Do no, they have any influence on the, those? The drug, the, the drug companies pay the FDA $2.6 billion a year to review their products. The approval rates, 96%, has been since 2015. Everything gets approved. It's a joke. You know, people go, oh, I wonder if they're going to prove it. They're going to prove everything. I'd like to see the 4% they turned down. It must be like intravenous arsenic. Yeah. And then something. stay in the hallway. Oh, submit it next year. We just got to look like we're paying attention. So you, you have the government as a business partner of the drug companies. There's no regulator 
and regulatee, if you will. All right. Yeah. Um, then the CDC, I, I got a hold of their 2019 tax return. They took in $319 million in their foundation from drug companies and the Gates Foundation. So this is all conflict, you know, conflicts of interest. That's what makes all this stuff happen. Yeah. And how has Fauci not been? I mean, they made a, a, a film about him, praising him. and But he he's, he keeps lying to Congress. How is he not? I mean, I know how, but. Is there any way we can have him put it out? Eventually, but it's not going to be Congress that does it. Congress is useless. The legislatures yeah. in most states are useless. The executive branch is useless. They're kings and queens and emperors and empresses. So we're stuck with lawsuits and civil disobedience. That's how we're going to fix this. Yeah. And like I talk to people about this and they're like, oh, my gosh, you're just one of those conspiracy theorists that believes the government's out to get him. I said, no, I don't believe the government's out to get me. I don't believe the government's out to get anybody. I just think they're not out to help anybody either, except for themselves. And they're like, but we have the checks and balances. And I said, yeah. well, the checks and balances would only work if people actually checked and balanced each other. But it's like you told three three-year-olds to watch each other while you go out and had a smoke. And now they realize that they can do whatever the heck they want. And as long as they don't report it on each other. They can all get away with whatever they want to do. And I've right. said that a thousand times on this podcast because it's absolutely true. Right. They do what they mm -hmm. want and nobody can stop them unless everybody, the citizens, stand up. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yep. Uh, well, what do you guys say? Wrap it up? Yeah. I'll, I'll just I like to end on a, on a positive note. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, there's so much negative to talk about. And I think on the one hand, we don't do ourselves any favors by just glossing over it, pretending things aren't terrible. That's not mm -hmm. helpful. But um, I'm 65 years old. And as long as I've been a thinking adult, I've been hearing about education reform and government reform and medical reform. You guys seen any reform? I haven't, you know. Nope. And so I think that sometimes something like this happens and it just kind of blows everything up and you have an opportunity to build back um, something that's much more functional. So there, it's inexcusable what these people have done, but we're working with a lot of people right now um, to, uh, to help set up independent practices outside the medical system so that you can go to a doctor who doesn't report your data to Medicare and all that kind of stuff. And, and um, uh, so we're, we're going to end up with a better system of many things when this is all said and done. And I think they didn't count on scrappy Americans saying, look, we'll just take lemons and we'll make some lemonade in the final analysis. And like I said, this doesn't excuse them for what they did, but Americans are pretty scrappy people. And I think we're determined to make something out of this that's better. And that's uh, mm -hmm. kind of fun to watch. They don't like that idea at all. So I think that we'll, in 10 years, look back and say it's horrible. There's no excuse for what they did. I think that um, we have to prosecute these people. Long story for a different day how that happens. But um, I think we will look back and say probably the healthcare system was unfixable in its current state. And without a huge exodus, it would have just imploded on itself at some point in time. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're going to try to build an alternative, which I think is kind of exciting. Um, I'm seeing parents pull their kids out of school. That's the best education reform ever is empty school buildings. These teachers yep. get to have, have no jobs. They will get real interested in what the parents are interested in, you know.
Mm-hmm. So uh, I look forward to good things from this. There's a lot of misery to come, but I, if I thought that this was just all misery, I, 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 I don't believe that. I just don't want to go there, and I think that there is good stuff to look forward to. I agree with you, and it's it's great hearing what you guys are doing out there, and um, I'm I'm really excited to hear any progress reports you guys got coming up. Um, excited to see what that uh, trial comes to on December 8th. And uh, before we wrap it up here, I know I kind of glossed over it at the beginning, but can you just give us one more time, like your qualifications and like what mm. makes you, you know, just to, you know, all these people on the internet that don't believe anybody besides CNN, what makes your, you know, kind of testimony here as to what's happened, what makes it legitimate? What gives it credibility? Because it's based on fact. And, mm. and, the, and the people who are the 30% that, that bought into this when it happened, Okay, they are they are experiencing a mentally intoxicating connectedness to other people who believe in this horse manure. And we talk about going back to normal. They don't want to go back to normal. They were anxious and alone. Now they're connected. The virtue signal. I'm wearing a mask. I'm doing my part. I tell on people. I snitch. I can make judgment about those people who won't wear their masks. I'm 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 the person on the right side of this. So so you know. I think we leave those people alone. You're not going to convince them of anything, for one thing, and they're dangerous. You want to stay the hell away from them, all right? The, the people who we can, uh, they're 30% on our side of the issue and the 40% in the middle, some of those will come our direction over time. And I tell people, it doesn't make any difference, my credentials or anything else. It's how you filter information. I've been teaching this for 27 years. My company's been in business. He said, she said, this doctor, that doctor, I read an article, you read an article, my boyfriend's next door neighbors, friends, cousins, wife says, I mean, you can't make any sense out of that. So you have to have um, rules on how you filter information. We publish 19 rules. Anybody can see what the rules are uh, that we use to filter information. Conflicts of interest. I've never had anybody say, oh, that doesn't matter. Um, that something is statistically significant but clinically meaningless. This will reduce your risk of a heart attack by one-fourth of one percent. Who cares, right? Um, The difference between correlation and cause and effect relationship. I mean, the vitamin D hoax is based on uh, mistaking correlation for a cause and effect relationship. So we have 19 criteria. I tell them it doesn't matter if I got my degrees out of a Cracker Jacks box. What matters is if we agree on the filtering, it's like playing football. The way you play football is you have rules of the game. The quarters are 15 minutes, the first downs are 10 uh, 10 yards, and to hit a field goal, you gotta go through the posts, right? And and so that's how you know who won the football game. You don't just say, well, we're gonna go meet on the football field and we're just gonna run down for an hour and then we'll try and figure out who won. You can't play football that way and you cannot look at scientific information that way. So we give people our filtering criteria, and if the, and I tell people all the time, you tell me what you want me to take out, and I'll notify my audience that John Smith thinks that we should talk about things that are clinically meaningless. He likes that idea, right? Nobody's going to do that, right? So, so it's important to get away from, I mean, if, if you play the credentials game, Fauci's supposed to be the best virologist in the world. That's really scary. So the credentials yeah. mean is not the thing. It's how you filter the information. He's an idiot, not because, I mean, he has an impressive degree, but because what he says is ridiculous. There's no foundation for it. So anyway, all right. Well, thank you for having me. This was Thank fun. you so much for being on. This was great. You're welcome. Thank you so much. 
All right. Yep. You guys and once have again, you as well. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.